0: Hello, Vitamizers, and welcome back to the How Do You Health podcast. As always, I'm Allison here in Austin, Texas with Slenderella. And we had, again, just another great episode of the podcast. Unfortunately, I didn't get to be there when we were interviewing this guest, but he has an incredible story. And I know you're going to love this just as much as I loved re listening to it. But before we get into it, the How Do You Health podcast is brought to you by Slenderella. Slenderella is a vitamin shot and IV blend that was designed to help your liver function optimally. It got its name when the creators started noticing that liver detox was causing many clients to lose weight. Now there is a whole line of different Slenderella blends that you can customize for your needs, as well as a supplement line to support all of your Slenderella goals. You can find distributors and more information at www.slenderellausa.com. This podcast is recorded at MSW Lounge. MSW Lounge is located in Westlake Hills in Austin, Texas. They provide a variety of services, including vitamin shots and IVs, the whole Slenderella family, concierge medicine, chiropractic, massage therapy, a vitamin drink bar, and tons of other local company offerings for ways to clean up your health and naturally stay that way for a long time. Find out more at www.mswlounge.com. This podcast is sponsored by Athletic Outcomes. Athletic Outcomes is Austin's boutique wellness studio focusing on functional fitness and sports recovery. Located in Southeast Austin, AO provides services such as personal training, group classes, pre- and postnatal training, nutrition coaching, massage therapy, chiropractic, recovery compression boots, and MSW lounge vitamin shots. It's your one-stop shop for health and fitness. Check them out on social media at Athletic Outcomes to stay up to date on their events and programs. This podcast is produced by Flabs to Fitness, Inc. Flabs to Fitness is an online wellness company that specializes in mindful eating, personalized workout programs, and offers a subscription workout program for 20 minute workouts you can do anywhere. It's also a social media content firm for creation and scheduling of content and engagement with your fans on a variety of platforms, including this podcast. Find out more at www.flabstofitness.com. All right, so today's guest is Peter Maldonado. He is the founder of Texas Sober Yogi at TX Sober Yogi on Instagram, and his story and transformation is just super inspiring. We were really excited to get him on. He is based in Houston now, used to live in Austin. Now he's based in Houston, but he comes to Austin fairly regularly, and we were really excited to grab some of his time to record this episode for you guys, where he just basically shares how he totally transformed his life, um, getting away from addiction and and all those different things and how he helps other people do the same now. So uh, I'll stop babbling as normal and let the boys get to it. Here is Peter Maldonado on the How Do You Health podcast.
1: All right, we're live. Well, welcome to the How Do You Health podcast. This is uh, episode, I don't, I think it's like 63 now. So we're pretty excited about 65, that. 65, something like that. Um, <clears throat> Today's going to be a fun episode. We got uh, Peter Maldonado, Texas Sober Yogi, right on your Instagram. That's, That's, yeah. We've known each other for a little while. Like We, we used to practice, uh, well, when I lived in Houston, we used to practice at Black Swan and run into each other there.
2: Yeah, I met you right before you left, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, right before you left. And, and, I had and it was funny because you had just moved there, just so we kind of switched spots. Um <laughs> And we've been connecting on Instagram here and there, just like we do with a lot of different people. And and, uh, I can't wait to get uh, to talk about different things because I know you're you're big in the health community, particularly in the helping people get sober and get off of addictions. Right. And so um, we we got John here and uh, Nurse Doza. And so we're going to talk some vitamins and some biochemistry, I'm sure. Uh, Tex Mex Yogi here. So let's go ahead and get get it started.
3: Yeah. So I know we just met. Yes. yes. Okay. And uh, you shared a cool story about where you're at now. So since this is your story about how do you help, you know, kind of catch us up to date on where you're at right now, man. Like your journey, what's gotten you up to, to this point?
2: Um, My journey, like where it started? Yeah. Well, just tell me. Like why Why do you do what you do now? Why do I do what I do?
1: So. Yeah. Um, well, let's start with that. What are you currently doing? Yeah. I
2: work for an addiction treatment center in uh just outside of Houston. It's called Serenity Light Recovery. Yeah. Um, so we help people who are struggling with um, substance use disorders. And um, I have a passion for that uh, because personally, um, approximately 11 years ago, I struggled with addiction myself. So um, just to be blunt, like I like smoke crack, shoot coke, smoke meth, a um, lot of Xanax, a lot of pills, uh, pretty much anything I can get my hands on, I would use and abuse from the age of 15 um, and I finally got sober at the age of 21. Um, But it's so weird because that time period in my life felt longer than it actually was. Like that, but six years, um, felt like two decades of like misery, depression, suicide attempts, uh, psych hospital, um, involuntary um, being admitted from uh, suicide attempts, overdose attempts. Um, so it was a very chaotic point in my life. Um, and like right out of high school. So I didn't have anything going for me back then. Uh, I mean, I was skater kid, uh, like punk rock, like, um, and just was living that lifestyle of like partying every day. So I feel like I was partying like a college kid at the age of 15, 16. And it didn't last long, like my drug use quickly took me to to rock bottom with um, within a year and a half i think of like smoking pot like i was snorting coke uh, smoking meth and doing stuff that i thought i would never do Um, and yeah it took me down and uh, had some legal issues got arrested um, just a, a lot of a lot of consequences happened very quickly for me, which looking back at it now, like I'm grateful that it happened fast and like hard. Uh, cause now it's, I've been sober for almost 11 years and, um, I've lapsed the time of my drug use, but it's so weird because it's, it's, it feels like long ago and, and it was, but it's still in, like, I still feel like it was just yesterday, especially, uh, to get back to like, for my work, like, um, I was just telling John this earlier that my day-to-day work life looks like talking to concerned parents or uh, spouses or loved ones or sometimes uh, the person struggling with addiction will call me themselves and I am on the phone um, sometimes with three or five of these phone calls a day of uh, people's crisis and like so all the stories of like you know little Johnny just overdosed for the third time this month uh, those are my average phone calls, and I feel like I can take those calls almost in a nonchalant way. Not that I don't take them seriously, because it's a very serious issue, but I I relate, you know. And sometimes I get to talk to the client, and they're like they can feel they're like oh, okay, this guy gets it. You know, this guy knows what it's like. I you know, still have a piece of needle in my arm, uh, for my addiction. Um, when I was shooting cocaine, I would sometimes use old rusty needles. I mean, it's it is what it is, and um, so they they. When I get to talk to the client or, or the purple struggling, with, the, the person struggling with addiction, um, it, it's just like a, an understanding. You know, it's like I get, I get it. I've, I've been where you've been, and most importantly, there's a way out because that's what that's what was gifted to me. You know, um, my mentor um, gave me that 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 understanding, and he t- he also told me like there's a way out, uh, which is uh, hope. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So when you talk to people, you're you're almost that symbol of hope. They say, Hey, I I know where you're at. This is where I'm at now. Possibly, you know, you could do the same, right? But you gotta do the work, right? That's one thing we were talking about. Mm-hmm. It's it's not just as easy as just saying, All right, I'm ready. That's the first step, right? For like sure. I'm ready, right? Yes, yes. And then there's like, All right, now you're in for like a journey, like, you know, in the soul searching struggles, you know, ups and downs, right? For sure. Yeah. So you, and you know, what's interesting, you said that you're glad it happened to you earlier because for the people who kind of go through decades of it, it's interesting because life just continues to get worse and worse, right? To where they become lost, you know, and I don't know if they ever get back and who knows where they wind up. I mean, you might not be here, right? Like it right. could be very easily, right? And so the fact that it happened so young so quickly... You basically grew up way sooner than what you expected, and now you kind of graduate into this idea of saying, like, I still have a whole life ahead of me, mm-hmm. right? You're still very young, right? You're like early 30s. Yeah, 32, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so like you have a whole life ahead of you, and you have this like wisdom already through the struggles that you went through to basically tell a 40 or 50 year old, like, hey, I know what you're going through, and they'll listen to you.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a journey, and, um, you know, getting, I got sober in Austin, so I love Austin. I get to come back and visit. Um, yeah. It's uh, a hard
3: place to get sober in Austin. <laughs>
2: <Yeah. laughs> well, it is, but it isn't at the same time because there is a, a really cool um, recovery scene yeah. here in Austin. the subculture, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, we did a lot of fun stuff here uh, early in sobriety with a lot of friends. Um, and one thing that was promised to me and something that I got to experience was like, I still get to experience life. I've been to more concerts uh, in sobriety. Yeah. You know, um, I can actually afford to go to stuff, you know, like my yeah. addiction, <laughs> so like I actually have my, money left over. Yes, exactly. Cause in my addiction, like everything went towards, like, It's a full time job. Yeah. You know, like staying loaded for, for daily is uh, expensive. Yeah. And, um, but getting to, I mean, I've gone to a ton of shows. I've been to almost, every, you know, when I, when I lived here in Austin, I would go to South by every time ACL. Uh, I have a lot of fun memories and pictures and stuff. Of um, having fun and that's and that's the thing is like that's what the drugs and alcohol like promised me at right. least my relationship that I had with it like it promised me in this like awesome kick-ass life of like you know partying having fun and the, the funny thing is is that I actually get to live that life or you know maybe not so much now I mean I've, I have a six-year-old like I'm, I'm kind of growing up and being more of an adult <laughs> but uh, you know early mid-twenties in Austin like I had a lot of, I've met a lot of cool musicians. I've ended up backstage at places. Very serendipitous. Um, at, at ACL, at South By. Um, you know, and it's, it's just funny, though, that, like, from an outside perspective, you might look at these pictures, and you have pictures on social media and all that stuff, and you would think that alcohol and or drugs were involved in, like, said scenario. Um, but it's like, no, I, I still party. I just, my definition of party is different. Yeah. I still go out. I still go out for drinks, with friends. I, you know, I just drink non-alcoholic drinks. Yeah. You know, um, so and that's that's my big thing is I'm trying to bring that to the table. I'm trying to talk about that more. Is that like having fun in sobriety is, is, is real. Yeah. You know, if you struggle with substance use disorder, like, uh, cause I mean, yeah, getting sober twenty one. My big issue was like, how am I gonna have fun? Yeah, You know, how am I gonna...
1: like, now I can actually drink legally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: right. And on 6th Street, it's like,
3: that's what you do when you're 21, mm-hmm. right? You go out downtown. We were there. Like, I mean, there. I, mean, I had a girlfriend who at the time was a bartender on 6th Street. We knew all the bartenders, right? Mm-hmm. You just hop kind of across. But that's what you did every weekend, right? What are your friends doing? We're going to go out. And it was like every single night, Right. And so, after a while, you're kind of like, well, what else is there to do? Mm-hmm. You know, what do you, and that, the funny thing is, it's like, almost like, what do you do at nighttime now that you're not drinking, right? Because it's more like, the only thing to do is like, go to a movie, or go out and go catch a show or
1: whatever, yeah. right? Or then go to a bar, mm-hmm. right? Or well, God forbid, have a good night's rest. Or, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Like,
3: that. I'm going to go to bed early <laughs> at nine o'clock until the of the day. Yeah. Yeah, and you seem like an old man, but you remember that old saying, right, uh, nothing good ever happens after midnight. Mm -hmm. And I was crazy because I I used to think I was stupid. I was like, that's where all the fun happens, right? Like, that's when the real fun starts happening. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, no, no.
1: We used to, like, we we met each other in college, and we used to uh, be studying, and, you know, I'd be like, one fifty or like one forty five. It's like, dude, we could make it to the bar and like slam like five drinks like right now. (laughs) Oh yeah. And make it before last call. And it's just like that's just a whole different world now.
3: Right. We go in like our sweatpants and Mm chanclas and it was like two dollar crown of Cokes and we're like we walk out of like six drinks in and like, there we go, man. Let's go get something to eat, you know? And it's it's crazy because we we went to the seminar this past weekend. It was a financial seminar, and one of the people who was speaking was a twenty was twenty two year old, right? What was she? Uh, she was oh 22. yeah, 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 22, 22.
1: 23.
3: Yeah, and she said she took a financial inventory of how much she spent on alcohol, and she was like, I can't believe how much I spend on it. Like, what else I could be sent, like you know, saving towards or doing others. I never thought about that as a kid, you know, and I never thought about young, know, you know, and now I kind of look at it and I'm like, man, like I don't miss any of that. I don't miss like not having the money to do that mm-hmm. or, you know, the way I feel the next day, mm-hmm. you know, but it, it takes a while, right? Because it's not like you just stop and then it's like, all right, I, all, my, all my shit's in order, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah that, that'd be easy. That'd be uh, ideal. But yeah, I mean, stopping is, is uh, well, that's the thing. It's like I would stop daily. Yeah. You know, like, uh, like, or I would quit, you know, daily or, or every, every time I came off of a binge, it was always like, oh, man, like, never again.
3: Yeah.
2: You know, and the thing is, is like, some of those times, like, I actually meant it. Like, I wanted to mean that.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, I just didn't have a sufficient substitute. Yeah. You know, like, you know, um, drugs and alcohol, like, I had a pill or, or a powder or something for any any situation. Yeah. Whether I needed energy, whether I needed to come down, whether I need to go to sleep and uh, you chill out like that was there was just a pill or a powder or, or, or something to smoke or for any you know thing that was um ahead of me
3: yeah
2: and getting sober and having that taken away from me uh i do i'm just i'm baffled I'm like how do i do life yeah you know um and you know i'm grateful for great mo- uh great mentorship i have some, an awesome mentor who guided me um you know, he struggled with his own addiction and, and kind of uh, laid out a spiritual program of action for me on, on how to live life, oh. you know. And, um, and he told me, he told me, the way that you pay me back is for you to give this away, you know. So I'm, I'm grateful that I get to mentor uh, young guys who are early in sobriety as well and, and do this whole altruistic, paid-forward thing, yeah. you know. Because um, when I'm sitting down with another guy and I'm helping him through early sobriety, um, in that moment, like I, I, it's crystal clear like my purpose in life uh, in that moment you know, when I, when it's happening, there's no question about it. Yeah you know like I know I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be yeah you know uh, and, and turning these um, negative experiences quote unquote negative um, and, and being able to help someone, you know and, and in turn doing so, with within others mean, it, it's really cool when, when I see the guys I mentor turn around and mentor other guys and it's it's a, it's such a cool life to be a part of
0: yeah
1: you know?
3: yeah what is your like when you talk about your focus and your frequency now that you look at things differently man is there ever a party that, that kind of is like it like you have a, like a flashback right and it's almost like oh shit that's still there Mm-hmm. like that's still like that's still a part of me of who i am right because you're never going to forget that right mm-hmm. like th- because that defines who you are now made you a better person mm-hmm. right but there's still some times right that it's more like oh yeah like i could do that but i'm not going to right
2: <sighs> yeah there's uh random specific times where stuff happens that has me like little flashbacks um and it's it's always random it's like it's i don't know it always catches me off guard like sometimes like if i if i buy like a new shirt or something and there's like that um you know the uh, extra button in the bag yeah and seeing that like little bag little bag yeah <laughs> sometimes that'll give me a i'm like oh man like i remember these and i and i still open them like i used to open cocaine bags like yeah. just with one hand like i could just you know um so it's funny how like um certain things just kind of give me flashbacks yeah um and That's crazy. That's funny. Yeah, in the most random things, um, the. So I remember early it's sobriety, uh, the, the color orange. Like, I remember I saw, like, a a cone on the road or something. And, like, for whatever reason, like, during that time, like, it, like it reminded me of the orange caps that came on the syringes, you know, that I would mm-hmm. use to shoot up with. And, uh, it freaked me out. And it doesn't happen as often. Like, it rarely happens nowadays, honestly. Um, and, um, but it's weird like that that recall yeah you know uh, it's not what it used to be obviously like it's the art i can easily push it aside now yeah you know it's a cool like oh hey like remember yeah i remember yeah and yeah. Then, but we move on
3: yeah, yeah 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 well i remember hearing someone say that you could basically not have a drink for like 30 years and pick up right bar- right back where you were mm-hmm. if you have another one right because just the way that your brain changes the frequency and, and the chemicals it, it basically like it stays with you like your brain is altered to the point where you think differently right like we're like i remember i would talk to people about happy hour and i'm like man, how many drinks do you have at happy hour and they're like i don't know a couple like one or two and i was like that's it like that's all you have is dollar beers man come on like you're gonna have like <laughs> six or seven right yeah. and they're like no that's weird like why would i have that many i'm just like oh maybe i'm the weird one you know like yeah. you know so, like, that little voice in your head that says, like, stop, right? Like, some people don't have that. <laughs> I
1: don't have that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting, yeah. Yeah,
2: so I, it's just, you're wired differently. Yeah, and, and that, like, the whole mental perspective on it, like, you know, I'm almost 11 years sober and I still, um, I see someone at a restaurant and leave a half glass of wine, stuff like that, like, still baffles me. Like, I don't think I'll ever understand it. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm clear today that I don't have to yeah you know like it's cool like I understand that other people can drink that way and and that's cool i've i have friends i have i've dated people dated girls who drink responsibly or casually and um it's weird because it still baffles me but it's like I understand that I don't understand that yeah yeah and I'm cool with yeah that. um but the, the the yeah the mind has uh, i remember I was about seven years sober. I, I, I don't know where like, this source came from or how much truth there is to this, but I heard this theory that like at, sev- at seven years, like all of your cells have technically rejuvenated or whatever, like, that you're technically a new person after seven years. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I don't know if I like, misinterpreted that theory or whatever or if there's any truth to it or any science behind it. But I took that, and my, uh, my alcoholic mind, you know, my drug addict thinking was like, at seven years sober, I was like, if I'm technically, like, if this, all my cells in my body,
3: yeah.
2: at seven years sober, have never seen or touched a drug or alcohol, like, would it be different? Like, could I do it successfully? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: could I
1: control it? Can I, yeah, can yes. I be like, yeah. Yeah. Can I be like yeah. one of these people that, that I can, can just have one or two drinks? You
2: know, take a couple Xanax every now and then and you're stressed out or whatever. Or smoke some good weed or whatever. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing. like, I don't have nothing against the institution of drinking. Like, by all means, if you can responsibly, yeah. Cool. You know, I'll I'll buy you a drink.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but um, it dawned on me that non-alcoholic slash drug addict people probably don't have don't have that thought process.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, so uh, I bounced it off some friends. I ba- bounced it off my mentor. And he's like, "Yeah, dude, like." If anything, that just proves that you're still an addict.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. It's like the mentality, of, like, well, I'm just gonna drink beer now. I'm not gonna drink liquor. Exactly. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> It's that's called cross addiction.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because
2: I would do that all the time. I would go into rehab for one thing and come out doing something else. Yeah, you know. And
1: why and not, like and, you said, you were just like sugar binge after after you stopped. Oh
3: hell yeah, man! I went on Nutella and Dr Pepper afterwards, man. And I would, and I couldn't figure out why I was like. God, why am I craving sugar so much? I naturally crave sugar to begin with. Like I have a sweet tooth, but then it was like just intensified. Like I couldn't get enough of it. And I'm getting like there was a 7-11 next to us, so I'd get like a jar of Nutella with those big gulps, mm-hmm. you know? And the Dr Pepper put the cherry flavor in there, and I'm just <laughs> every day and I'm just like, "God bless, this can't be good for me, right?" But um after a while that was kind of like the crutch like to kind of wean off a little bit, right? right? And then and then you know, after that, then it's kind of like really like figuring out. All right, well, why the hell am I this way? Why do I? Why do I act this way? Why do, why do I think this way? Right? And you know, I'm still kind of looking at that today. I've, I've made peace with a lot of things, but um, it takes a while, right? Because, like you said, it, it's not that. All right, here I am. I'm ready. Like, what do we do now? It's like, oh, well, you have to do this step. You have to do this. You have to do this approach, and it's a lot of work, right? Because it's a it's a total body reformation and transformation to where you don't like who you are, mm-hmm. right? And you don't like what you've become. And you've heard a lot of people, and you've also tried to say, well, you know what, this is what it is. I could either give up, or I could try to make things better. Mm-hmm. And, and just talking to some people, you can see, and this is the question I've always had, why is it that some people succeed and other people don't? Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I don't know what it is. Because like, you see it in practice too, right? You see like, hey, this per-, you might even say that person's going to make it. Mm -hmm. And then other people are like, that person doesn't have a chance. Mm -hmm. How do you feel like, how do you get through to those people?
2: Great question. And I, the perspective I have, um, and I, I am blessed. I I get to work, uh, with people on a daily basis. And, um, a few years, three, four years ago, I was, um, in direct care. So I was working with clients directly, uh, as a recovery specialist. So I was mentoring and helping these guys on a daily basis. I carry a caseload and, um, Essentially see my clients, um, I've worked with men um, individually, have individual sessions twice a week. So, um, but my perspective is is and agree, I've I've had some great mentorship, some great therapy, and I've always had this approach of detachment. You know, like I'm crystal clear that like my I make a small cameo in their lives, you know, and I, and I, I do my best every day to give hundred percent. And I I know that I'm just a small small sentence in their book of life. Yeah. You know, not even a whole chapter. You know, I get to um, be a part of. You know, uh, so I don't take the responsibility of of someone like getting sober and making it. Yeah. You know, I I'm I'm really I'm grateful and I'm blessed and I know a lot of people. Um, ran into someone earlier today. You know who uh, was you know, I'm not gonna say your names, but it, this guy was a client in, in a facility that I was working at and he's seven years sober. Like I saw him at his worst, right? And I saw him earlier today and he's seven years sober, um, but I'm crystal clear that I don't take credit for that. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I got to participate and I'm grateful that I got to see a living miracle, right? Cause this guy, this guy was like, he was actually talking about going to the dentist cause his, he, he, he was a meth smoker, so he had destroyed his teeth. Yeah. You know, and he was talking about like, no, he, can afford to go to the dentist yeah. and get it all fixed. And, you know, kind of just um, repairing stuff from our past. And, um, you know, it, it's like, the universe has allowed me to be a part of this guy's story. And I think that's really awesome, Yeah. you know, because I do hear, there is a lot, you know, the, the, the other side of that coin is like, I do hear a lot of people like a lot of deaths, you know, um, a few months ago, again, a client who was, uh, went through this treatment center that I worked at, um, overdosed and died. You know, and that's just the reality of it, but I don't take responsibility for that either. You know, I'm crystal clear that I did my best when I worked with them, uh, and there was a whole treatment team. It wasn't just me, obviously. Um, there's you know different stages to recovery, different aspects to treatment, and um, I I can I can go to sleep, I can rest easy knowing that I'm doing my best. Yeah. You know? And, and it's cool, but it's cool when when, when they come back and, and it's like, hell yeah, like, that's awesome. Like, this guy, yeah. like, was coming straight out of prison when I met him. Yeah. You know, and here he is, like, about to get married and, like, you know, doing uh, great in life and, and all that stuff. And it's... Um,
1: so cool I, I mean, I imagine that because it could be really tough if you did yeah. try to take responsibility for or like if you put it on you like, damn it, I can't believe I can't get through like this I person. Failed. Or like I failed. that person. It would feel yeah. like that. Do you, do you that need other, yes. other practitioners? Or, uh,
2: it's, it's a very unhealthy, in my opinion. Um, well, I'll tell this to anyone. Like, I have seen professionals in my field um, <coughs> who have uh, then themselves have, like, gone on to relapse. Yeah because they take on too much of this responsibility. Yeah. Well, at least, I, I mean, I don't know that for a fact, but that's the perspective, that's my opinion. Uh, you imagine what, it at least. That's what they've told road, me, right? yeah. I mean, yeah, they, to... they told me that it's a stressful job and all that stuff, of course, and um, I've seen people get loaded over it, you know? And I've again, I'm grateful for great mentorship because my mentor always told me to detach. You know, you get to be a part of their lives. You get to... Um, show up and, and give 100% and do your best and hopefully make an impact, you know? Um, but we can't go on making, you know, tying into the ego aspect of it, yeah. of taking responsibility. Um, because stuff like that can happen. Like, I've seen it. I've seen it. have seen close friends of mine, you know, get loaded. And, like, it's like, dude, you were just working at a treatment center, like, a day ago, and, like, you're yeah. smoking crack now. Yeah. You know, like, you know, and... um And then they, you know, go and treat themselves, and, you know, which I hope that they do, and I'm I'm grateful when they do. But uh, yeah, it's this job is
0: stressful. Yeah. This podcast is sponsored by Athletic Outcomes. Athletic Outcomes is Austin's boutique wellness studio focusing on functional fitness and sports recovery. Located in Southeast Austin, AO provides services such as personal training, group classes, pre and postnatal training, nutrition coaching, massage therapy, chiropractic recovery compression boots, and MSW lounge vitamin shots. It's your one-stop shop for health and fitness. Check them out on social media at Athletic Outcomes to stay up-to-date on their events and programs.
3: You kind of have to separate yourself. I mean, in the medical world, too, it's the same thing, right? If you care more about the person than they care about themselves, that's a bad relationship, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I want you to do this. I want you to do this. They don't give a shit. I mean, I remember I sat there and talked to my cousin one time. He had left behind two kids. He basically killed himself through drinking. I said, "Man, if you're gonna do it, at least just drink, or at least take some vitamins." You know, you're depleting yourself. And he's like, "Ah, maybe." So you don't care? Nah. I mean, at that point, I didn't know what else to say. Right? It's like, okay, man. And so we all kind of slowly watched it, and it's it kind of like leads me to this thing too. This weekend as well, we saw these Navy SEALs, and they had PTSD. And one guy was literally on the brink of suicide, right, because he didn't know how to deal with it. He created a nonprofit profit because he kept seeing all his brothers, you know, basically going through all this, right, and he's like, I'm going to do something about it. So here it is. There's this panel of Navy SEALs up there, you know, all tatted up, big guys, and they're talking about doing yoga and acupuncture and meditation and vitamins and, like, talking about how this has, like, helped them so tremendously when all they were given was just a few options in the, in the medical world, Right. And I think it is a holistic approach. You keep saying that too, like the whole body treatment, mm-hmm. right? Like you do yoga all
2: the time, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, I practice daily. Yeah. Yeah, I have a personal practice. And yoga is something, and I'm glad you brought that up, because when I was about five or six years sober, um, I I kind of hit this dry spell in my sobriety, like where I was like, I was sober, but I wasn't necessarily happy. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of outside circumstances were going on. Uh, I was in in an unhealthy relationship and, uh, but again, internally, like what was going on with me is I was not happy. Right. Um, and I didn't know that I wasn't happy. It was just like a very mediocre, almost like an uncomfortableness that I had like grown to like accept and like just, you know, uh, it was just there. And, um. And the whole like recovery thing that i was doing everything that i was participating in um you know i was really involved with the 12-step fellowship and a lot of other stuff uh revolving that and um and it's funny because i and you know, i'll just go out and say it, like egotistically i was making a name for myself in an anonymous program which is it kind of defeats the yeah. purpose right um there's a lot of ego stuff going on you know i was young i was young but I was sober for five or six years, and I ended up mentoring guys who were older than me and all that stuff. And had, it was just a weird set of circumstances where like older guys looked up to me, and people looked up to me, and I just didn't know how to handle all this, right? Um, and I found yoga. You know, uh, I stumbled into a yoga studio, and it was cool because the whole like spirituality aspect was still there. Like yeah. it, it wasn't revolved around being sober. It was just human connection.
1: Yeah.
2: Right. And I didn't have my ace, right? Like, I didn't have the ace up my sleeve because, like, my big thing was always, like, oh, I'm the guy that's sober, like, a long time, right? You know, for, for being sure. as young as I was in my early 20s, you know, mid-20s, being sober five, six years, um, was, like, you know, it's unheard of. It's like of a would. prodigy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, th- I know other people who, I mean, sure. I'm not. But, uh, but, but still, it was cool because going to yoga, like, no one really cared. They were, like, yeah, cool, like. Can you understand? Yeah. <laughs> but it was, but I needed that. I, it like leveled the playing ground. I was horrible at yoga. I was not flexible. I, I, I get some of when people say that, but I used to say that like, I can't touch my toe. Like all the normal, like cliche stuff that, you yeah. know, like I was, uh, I was heavy into weightlifting and all that stuff. Like I, you know, at my peak, I could, you know, bench 300 pounds, all this stuff, but like I couldn't do crow pose, like, yeah. you know, like I didn't know how to use my body, you know, effectively. Um, and then everything that went along with it, you know, yoga for me is a moving meditation. Yeah. You know, it's a very personal space. Um, when I practice, uh, I was practicing to like Sabala this morning, but I go internal with it and like almost everything kind of just disappears. And it's, it's an experience that uh, it's, it's very personal. It's very intimate. Um, and honestly, like words can't, don't do it justice. Like, just encourage you to, to experience it. Uh, and I've heard other people describe like running or cycling in that way and I'm like oh like this guy gets it you know so I don't think it's strictly just yoga yeah it's just happened to uh, what um, attracted me and, and just kind of did it for me
1: that, that's interesting because for me that's that's kind of what yoga had done for me as well too I kind of went through that period of, uh, as well where it's like I was an athlete and <clears throat> yoga was always very humbling yeah. from the sense of like from introspection right like not necessarily from like oh I can't do that I can't do that there's some of that too, obviously, but it was like just the introspection and for me, thankfully for me, it was never like I had to go um you know i I told you earlier like I drink with my dad basically that's that's the only time, and maybe I'll have like a toast during New Year's kind of deal but i I could have gone that through that path a little uh-huh. farther for me, it was I started uh yoga because of an injury, but then that made me really be introspective and then seeing like my best friend gets over and then tying some 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 relations with like okay so this is what's going on in my life like there is a path that could be really bad if i don't make mm-hmm. a change now and i'm very thankful for mm-hmm. for that right because being able to like look back and, and be and look into myself and and then it becomes yoga becomes fun from for for many other perspectives like handsets and stuff like that yeah. uh but yeah, there's the still, idea- they're still ego <laughs> involved. Like, yeah, there's ego definitely are. a lot of ego involved yeah. from that too as well too but it's just it's interesting to 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 be able to do that for 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 people uh, or for yourself, or for people to be able to do that for themselves through a practice like yoga, or or some people could do it with you, with running and whatnot. But um, but for me, it's always like, how else can you can you can you look into yourself t- and really take account into what's going on with your life? Mm-hmm. And I wasn't doing that for myself in any other way, and it could have easily gone through this other path for myself mm-hmm. as well too, which. I'm always very thankful for that as well, too. Now, this guy's starting to meditate, so that's always a good thing. I'm trying, man. (laughs)
3: Well, it's it's the practice of it, right? Exactly. And I think think that's the cool thing about sobriety is that it's the practice of it, right? One day at a time, you know, all the cliches, you know, and all that. But it's true, right? Like, you get up and telling yourself something, like I've been saying now, two things. I say, today is a great day. And then there's always an answer. Like there's, all, like there's like there's when in doubt there's an answer right you'll find a solution um put it out there right i think a lot of sobriety yoga just life in general it's uh, it's a test right what's going to break you right what's going to make you a better person right because we all have ups and downs we make mistakes of course yeah right yeah. like there's not one person i know that will judge you now based off the idea of like, oh, you did that? And I'm sure it's the same way with you, right? Like, nobody's gonna come like, damn, Peter, like, man, I can't hang out with you, man, because now I know what you've been through, right? That's not the case, right? It's more of like, I can't hang out with you because you can't get your shit together, right? Like, I've tried my hardest, and like, you, I can't get through to you. I don't know what else to do with you, right? And so the practice of getting better and self-improvement, you see it from people in programs all the way up to people who are CEOs, Mm -hmm. right and entrepreneurs that are saying like i do a little bit every day to try to get better Mm -hmm. right because i just want to make life better for me right and i think that's all we're trying to get out of this it's like why are we here our purpose is to maybe enjoy life his purpose is different than my purpose right Mm -hmm. so is yours Mm -hmm. right but we're all in the same path of saying we're just trying to get better we haven't figured it out right like i think yoga it easily humbles you right Mm -hmm. because you're like just when you think there's something you mastered it's like well do it this way, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay. Starts a new journey again. Yeah, it's like, God oh, damn it, all right. And, you know, <laughs> so, so I, I, I've i noticed my practice of yoga has gotten so much better in, in the past, what, how long have I been doing yoga now? Like, a
1: little over a year now. A
3: little over a year now. And it's cool because there's some things now, like <clears throat> I can do a handstand now, I can hold it for, you know, five seconds now. And every day I'm like, I can do it, like I did it longer. And he just kind of nods, like, cool. You know, and he's like, it's cool. And then it's just a little bit further and further until one day he's like, okay, now do this and I'm like damn it okay cool but (laughs) when you get done with it especially yoga my favorite part still to this day is savasana Mm -hmm. because there's the breathing aspect Mm -hmm. the simplicity of what it is to understand your body right and I think you probably encounter that too even with sobriety is you understand how your body functions how to listen to your body Mm -hmm. what is your body telling you today right oh your knees aching a little bit then listen to it you know, don't do that today. Or maybe modify it to, to make it not hurt as much, right? Your stomach's a little upset after you ate something, right? Well, what was in that food that made you upset, right? Hey, you're not, you don't have all your energy shape. How was your sleep last night? Mm-hmm. Oh, my sleep wasn't that great. So the one thing that I've is learned, This
1: is like when people are like, oh, it hurts when I do this. It's like, well, don't do that. Well, no, don't do, do, that. don't <laughs> do that. right? <laughs> yeah.
3: But one of the most, one of the simplest things that I thought was, was hard, I'm still trying to this day, is breathing. I can't, I mean, it's incredible, right? I did not know how to breathe. Mm-hmm. Someone came up to me like, do you breathe in your chest? Mm-hmm. Well, you know what's mm-hmm. funny mm-hmm. is that Melody today, we were, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. we're, we're yeah, working exactly. on handstands this morning. And <laughs> I'm always working on handstands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I am too. And it's funny because there's, and I think I've heard this before, but it's just like you forget about it, right? Because you start, you start thinking about like, how else can I do it? And then you maybe forget about like the breathing. then it's just sort of back to like, hey, if you want to get better at this part of your handstand, it starts with your, with your Banda, right? Which is basically a breathing. Mm-hmm. i mean it's it's not necessarily breathing it's but but that's how you tap into that right like it's through a certain type of breath and i was like oh I, yeah that makes sense you yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> well yeah
2: i mean because it's funny though because i i think personally in my practice i've experienced and i feel like a lot of uh yoga practitioners probably do too and and i can feel it if i'm in a frustrated quote unquote frustrated pose i find myself holding my breath yeah and right. i'm like and then I have a mentor who was like, you know, if you're not breathing, you're not taking oxygen in your muscles. If you're not taking oxygen in your muscles, they're going to give out. And when I used to practice in the beginning of practicing this handstand thing, uh, a handstand is just a symbol. It's just a, it's just a journey that I was on. And uh, Interestingly enough, a journey that I'm on right now is, is, is the pistol squat. Like I, uh, What's that one? It's a pistol squat. Is, is doing a one-legged squat. Up and down, oh, Up okay. and down. yeah, I, yeah, yeah. uh, I, I struggle with that. You yeah. Know? Uh, it's so funny because I can p- balance pretty well on my hands, but not so well on my feet. Yeah. It's just so funny. I'm upside yeah. down that way. Yeah. But um, you know, just um, finding. Yoga, like, it gives me life lessons. You know, of like when do I need to back off and, and like relax, or when do I need to push push through and go forward? You know. Um, the whole, like, yogic philosophy, like, the whole, like, eight-limb path of yoga. Like, technically, I mean, the asanas, so, you know, the yoga poses, mm-hmm. only an eighth of yoga. Yeah. Know? so there's a whole lifestyle around it. There's a whole, like, you know, um, aspect of, like, non-stealing, you know, of, um, being good to others, you know, uh, a cleanliness, like, you know, nutrition, your, you nutrition, know? yeah, so it's a true holistic, you know, and that's what I fell in love with, and it's so weird because... I kind of fell into it backwards. I feel like uh, my recovery and like the stuff that I was doing to get sober, and, and you know the twelve step fellowship that I was involved with and all that, were actually hitting all the other aspects of yoga, and and, and I kind of came into it backwards because most people come into it from the asanas, you know, the the physical practice, yeah. and then like dive in deeper and, and they're intrigued and they're more interested and they, they find out that there's a whole lifestyle to it. So it's weird how I came in through the lifestyle thing first yeah. and did like the actual poses almost last. Gotcha. You know, um, but the whole like holistic perspective and um, and that's what yoga has done, uh, the, the physical practice, has taught me to listen. Yeah. So listen, not just my body but my mind and even like getting deeper and behind it and it's like, you know, what's my... Spirituality slash emotional state, like, you yeah. know, and being able to watch and witness that, you know, um, has been really, really
1: cool. Yeah. Hey, real quick before, because uh, this is getting awesome. I want I want to get into some of like what you're doing from uh, at the re- at the recovery centers from uh, from a, I chemical substance. Like, I mean we talk vitamins, so I'm gonna get into that. Like, what do you what are you guys trying out? What are you guys? What's working? What's not working? Do you have any comments on that?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, so, the first thing we do with people is, is detox them off of whatever chemicals they're on. You know, it's and they generally start to feel better almost immediately. I mean, not taking a bunch of oxy's and you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, not being up for days on math or whatever. Obviously, sleeping does you uh, does well. Um, but after detox, you know, um, our clients um, sit with a nutritionist and they sit with, with a a dietitian and they you know have a one on one session. Uh, Discuss any allergies, discuss goals, discuss, um, you know, a healthy lifestyle, a healthy relationship with food. Yeah. You know, and uh, our chef, you know, gets these notes. And, you know, it's it's really cool. You know, um, we have a small team, so everyone communicates very well with each other. And we get to treat clients on an individual basis. You know, um, we offer yoga twice a week on property. um, But someone can request more, obviously, if they want to schedule like a private session. You know uh, same thing with the uh we have a thing called recovery fitness so people get to um also work out uh in a group setting but if they want like an extra session they can request that as well uh, we offer acupuncture massage therapy uh like an intro to meditation cool you know everything from like a guided meditation to like a very like open dialogue of q a you know we have a spiritual director that that leads that uh that class and it's answering these questions. is like, am I doing it right? Like, do I need to hold my hands a certain way? You know, all these yeah. things that you don't think about, uh, but we actually all think about it. Yeah. Um, and answering those questions and tr- truly treating the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. You know, when they first come in biolo- biologically, like just keeping them alive is like number one, right? Make sure they see the nurse, they see the doctor. Um, and you know, people are on the brink of seizures, people are on the brink of, of overdoses. Um, Sometimes if we pick up a client, we send a nurse armed with Narcan. Narcan is a, a medication reversal. Uh, if someone's struggling from opiates um, and overdosing, it, mm-hmm. it, it reverses the process. But it actually sucks if you're, <laughs> because what it does, it, it immediately throws you into withdrawals. Yeah. So if you're like shooting heroin or, or, or eating a bunch of oxys or opiates uh, and, you, and you're overdosing and dying, if you get shot with Narcan, um, you wake up physically, I mean, you're alive. Yeah. But you're doing like <laughs> crap. Yeah. Uh, and so there's, you know, we, like, back to what I said, you, we treat the biological first, you know, like, go ahead and get that out of the way. Yeah. But then it's like, all right, like, but now what? Right? Yeah. Uh, so everything from the emotional state, you know. Uh, it's funny, you know, seeing people who've always had um, a, a true, truly self medicating, right? Yeah. Like, truly self medicating, whether they've experienced a trauma, a grief uh whatever. Yeah. You know, um, they're so used to this band-aid, this crutch, this, you know, insert chemical, right? Whatever. Yeah. In seeing that game and I relate, obviously, getting that rip taken away from us. Yeah. We're just these fragile creatures. We're like anything, everything will hurt my feelings. Yeah. You know, and, and not just that, but I don't know how to cope. I don't know how to deal. I don't know how to have a, how to have a healthy relationship with you. I don't know how to have a healthy conversation with you. I may want to revert to to manipulation, or or even violence, or or whatever the person has done, you know, or or is familiar with, or has been taught. Uh, So, being very gentle, being very patient, uh, you know, being like, okay, I hear you, yeah, and um, most of us have been there, done that, uh, and then offering an alternative, offering a solution. Uh, So, yeah, dealing with early people in sobriety from an emotional stance, A lot of love a lot of compassion yeah the ones that need it the most yeah
3: that you care yes someone cares yes right they're not just saying get out of my face i'm through with you
2: because that's what most people do right like and they're actually some people are actually more comfortable hearing that so i've seen people break down because like because i said i love you like i care about you and they don't know how to receive that
3: because they never had it before right
2: and in my opinion, you know, as human beings, I think it's our natural state. I mean, this is my, I'm going off on this philosophical, spiritual. Uh, but I feel like as, as human beings, not just people in recovery either, not people struggling from addiction, but as human beings, uh, I think love and nurture um, is our natural state. Yeah. You know, my opinion. Um, so for someone to be so uncomfortable with that, like I've seen people break down and cry, and not know how, like have physically like backed away from me, when I'm nice. Yeah, that they're almost used to, and would rather have me be angry, and and hurtful, and say hurtful things, because they're comfortable with that. That that's more in line with their emotional state, and they can accept that. Yeah, more than me saying like, "Hey, dude," like
1: I, I hear that. But they know understand. how to react to that, right? Yes,
2: yeah. I think it's it's almost like going against. Our natural state. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah,
3: I got you. I and mean, there's been plenty of instances. What was it like last year at ACL? Remember that guy threw that? He threw a piece of trash like, right next to a trash can. And I was just like, "Hey, man, trash cans right there." He turns around and goes, "Fuck you," like just straight up. And I just like, "What should I do?" <laughs> and I was like, "All right," and I just walked away. Like, didn't get, didn't get upset. Imagine if I'd have been drinking. I probably would have been like, you know, well, you know, could have gone right down him, but it's more like, that guy has some issues, and I'll just leave it at that, man. That sucks that you're in that sense, right? You don't, you're not centered, you're not whatever right now, because the truth is, you probably get him, you know, when he's not screwed up or whatever at the time, he's probably a nice guy, right? You know? So I don't want to, like, there's no point to get into that, mm-hmm. right? But it's funny because most of the issues like you hear about, oh, they, she has daddy issues, or that that person says, oh, he, he was never loved, or no one cared about it, they were a single parent that grew, like they grew up with, there's something that is festering inside of them that they weren't able to deal with at an emotional level, so they have an out, outlet, you know, this is my outlet, you know, they get tougher, they fight, they, they they steal, you know, they do this because no one told them, like, it's okay to be upset, it's okay to be vulnerable, it's okay to to be depressed. Mm-hmm. Like, that was one of the things we talked about this weekend when we talked about afterwards, like, what did you take out of this weekend? I said, I'm glad guys are talking about being depressed and being vulnerable mm-hmm. because it's okay, right? Because it's okay to literally go up to a person that you don't meet, you've never met before, and say, Man, what if I gave this person a hug? What would happen? What's the worst thing that happened? They push off or they would say, I needed that today. I really needed it. And we lose that connection, right? With the idea of social media, texting, I mean, Bumble and all that stuff. I mean, you don't, you, you're you losing that, right? And the idea of saying, what about looking someone in the eye and saying, hey, man, I'm glad that you're here today. Mm-hmm. How are you doing today? You know, what's going on in your world, right? And I think what you've experienced been helping people is that you just show someone that you care, they are mm-hmm. existing, like, hey, man, I'm glad you're here today. Keep coming back,
1: mm-hmm.
3: right? And I think that's really cool. That's the practice of yoga. That's the practice of life. That's how we should treat...
2: Our fellow people. I mean, and there's like more and more science being offered behind all this, you know. I mean, oxytocin, you know, hugging someone, yep. and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I had a doctor tell me that, you know, uh, practicing yoga helps out with GABA in the brain and stuff. Um, cool. So, you know, it's like I, I actually have some friends, you know, who, uh, who are yoga teachers and they talk about this. They talk about having an internal medicine cabinet. Like, what's your internal <laughs> medicine <cabinet? laughs> Yeah. That's cool. I like that. You know? I like that. Yeah, so going inward and finding out that maybe the, the healing that I can do is, is within me, you know? And sometimes I need another person to be a spiritual mirror. Sometimes I need some feedback. Sometimes I need some accountability, you know? And, and I think, in my opinion, that's just the human connection. I feel like, uh, again, my opinion, that we're all capable. Yeah. Um, and that it's it's our natural state, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. So That's cool.
3: The GABA aspect. You know what's funny about medicine is that they try to, like gabapentin, for example, right, is trying to activate GABA, mm-hmm. right? And it's usually typically given for, uh, for nerve pain, right? I'm sure you've seen it in practice, too. I'm sure you have a bunch of clients and patients that are on gabapentin, too, as like a step down from opioids and all that. But it tries to activate GABA, which is, GABA is an inhibitory neurotransmitter. It's one of the few, if not the only, neurotransmitter that activates the parasympathetic nervous system. Serotonin, dopamine, reward system, right? But they're always, they might come from sympathetic. But how many things can you do that activate the parasympathetic, which is the calming aspect of your body, right? Um, Chanting, Mm -hmm. right? Grounding, right? Like a lot of the things, like eating, right? Drinking water can activate parasympathetic. Hugs, oxytocin, like all that stuff too. And so it's funny because gabapentin. If you give it to someone, it's supposed to be actually activating that that aspect. But if you give too high of a dose and you you make them stop it, they go through withdrawals and they go into seizures, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. The body gets used to the idea of getting the GABA, gets used to it, and then you remove it. It's like, what the hell happened? It goes into a state of shock. But imagine that if we can't activate parasympathetic nervous system on a daily basis and we're in sympathetic mode all day, our bodies are naturally in shock Mm -hmm. all day long. And we're walking around so stressed out. To the point where people come and say, well, I handle stress pretty well. I'm like, I'll be the first to admit it. I don't handle stress that well. I'm trying to work on it. That vulnerability comes out and say, well, what do you do for it? I don't know. I meditate. Self-affirmation. Reading. Maybe talking with someone and getting my mind off of it. You know, just saying, tell me about your day. I want to hear about something else other than what's going on in my head. Right? And I think that what you're doing as far as the holistic approach, the emotional aspect, when you address that first, that's the foundation of everything right? If we can't address our emotions and understand that it's not just happy or sad, that there's a bunch of shit in between, mm-hmm. then, then what are we doing here, right? Like life is full of ups and downs, right? Mm-hmm. But I got to learn to try to roll with the punches and say, today started off great. And even today, because Baldur saw how stressed I was today, I was already thinking earlier. I was like, okay, what good happened today? Mm-hmm. Let me sort out the negative shit and say, what were the positives I took out? And there was a lot of positives. The three or four things happened already. I'm like, that was good, but you're just going to get overlooked, because you focus on all the negatives right and that's the thing going back to the sobriety issue it's like it like remember i told you the guys like life sucks you know yeah, yeah. better so right and it's like no life doesn't suck right. like there's so much beauty out there like i look out today and i'm like it's sunny mm-hmm. like how many people's mood got better today just because the sun was out <laughs> yeah. right yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right i had two different uber drivers today that, that mentioned that i was like i'm so glad the sun is out i'm happy today i was like that's cool <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, and you feed off of that, right? That's why I think yoga is cool too, because you feel that, right? You walk into a class, mm-hmm. and you just feel that energy, and it sucks up. You want more of that. You crave it, mm-hmm. right? I guess that's why you do yoga every day, right? Because that's one of the few things that can hit that paradigm today.
2: I feel like when there's community, you know, when there's other people, uh, and, and this goes in my, uh, I guess, to anything. But when there's a community of people, when there's a group of people m- meeting and uh, connecting for a common cause or goal or whatever uh you know it's like a, going into a yoga studio going into a class like i mean we're all kind of there for the same thing right we're all you know in union right um yeah. i i feel like there's a lot of
1: power where some that. teachers like we're all trying to survive this teacher <laughs> yeah yeah i mean even that even like that being the goal
2: you know like i think there's power in yeah, that. Sure. You know? so I have, a, I have a really personal home practice that i do and and um you know it's personal and all that stuff uh, but I do love going to classes. i hop around to different classes uh, just to feel the energy of other people.
1: Yeah.
3: You know? Yeah, of course. It's not the same like working out at home. I mean, that's why I go work out in the gym. I could easily stay at home and work out. But there's something when you see everyone else pushing themselves, motivating themselves. So like, damn, that's cool. I've seen that person the past year and I've seen the transformation, how much the dedication they have, right? Because it's your own personal goal. My wife jokes around because, you know, I'll go home and here's the thing. Him and I almost have a very similar physique, even though he doesn't lift weights. And I only, like, basically lift weights, but I've incorporated yoga now. And it's funny because he has the handstands down. He has the big old biceps. And I'm like, damn, you, know, you haven't lifted anything. Like, yeah, <laughs> I got it, right? So I'll go home after I get done working out, and I look to see what my definition's like. I mean, most people do when they work Jeez. out, right? It's, just, it's the, the vanity that comes out, right? But my wife jokes around. She's like, Guy, why do you care? I said, well, no one else does. Like, I'm the only one who does. Like, no one else is looking except for me. So it's more of a, where have I I come from? And where am I going, right? Am I going the right direction, right? It's a self-reflection. And then even though it's external, internally, I think, like, okay, all this hard work and this dedication and this commitment is paying off because I can see these differences. Mm -hmm. As opposed to yoga... It's not just the physical aspect too. It's this mental thing. Do I feel better when I come out of here? Do I? Am I in a better place? Does this carry over into life, mm-hmm. right? Because I think one of the best things about yoga was doing it at seven a.m. because it set the tone for the rest of the day. I felt better.
2: Yeah, it's, I, I was actually having that conversation with with a friend a couple days ago. Like, if first thing, right, waking up and doing yoga first thing in the morning, like anything after that. Is super chill. Yeah. Yeah. Like, anything after this is a piece of cake. Yeah. You know? It's like, this Um, date
1: can't suck anymore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Um, and And, you know, like, I was just thinking when you were talking, like, I've been to, I've had good yoga classes where maybe physically I didn't, like, go above and beyond and I didn't do a bunch of, like, quote, unquote, advanced uh, asanas. But I've had some good classes where I've learned to down level sometimes. Yeah. You know? And I've, like listen to my body where it's like I'm just I'm like my body's like yo I'm achy right now and like I'm gonna need you to not handstand right now yeah. like I'm gonna need you to just like child's pose it yeah. you know or, or instead of like
1: have you ever been to a class and just did a, a shabbat the whole time no. I have
2: yeah yeah <laughs> or even like you know and this is this is good for the ego you know because it's like when I down level and like and can focus on alignment focus on press focus on like not showing off essentially is what I'm saying um but walking out of that class and being like that was quote unquote good. You know, like my defini- it's like a, uh, my definition of stuff starts to change. Just like my definition of going out for drinks has changed. Like I go out for drinks in my life and in my definition, uh that means non-alcoholic drinks. Yeah. You know. So my definition of a good class today is no longer uh well, I won't say that cuz sometimes I my ego does come in, and I'm like, oh, how many advanced poses I can hit today. Yeah, you know? yeah. um, but in my opinion, and you know, my perspective, it's like sometimes it's better when I can chill out, you know, and, and do, you know, like the uh, side plank. I'm down on one knee, you know, supported side plank instead of like trying to reach for my toe and get as flexible as possible, and, and and quote unquote full expression and all that stuff. It's like, what if I can just chill out, and listen to my body? Yeah. I mean, maybe that's a good class. So my definitions of things starts to change. Yeah. Know, how my perspective. Yeah. You know?
3: Yeah. No, I, I totally get it. The idea that meditation is the hardest thing in the world for me right now is because I'm basically saying, tell your body to sit there and be calm and focus on one or two thoughts mm-hmm. and breathing. How many people can do that? Like, because we're go, go, go. We're go, go, go. We got to so do this. Even
1: when you're in advanced... A, well, quote-unquote advanced like meditation practitioner you still have the struggles right? like you still oh, like, yeah. damn it I, it's, it's been a week since i've been able to shut myself up but you keep going right like you keep trying <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's
2: funny. We had it's, a, it is the art it is the practice of we had a
3: it was a podcast with kate oh yeah and, yeah. and it was funny because it was like one of his mentors in yoga and she you know focuses on meditation and he goes i got a question for you when i'm in meditation and i'm just like not getting further in like how do I get there? She goes, just keep doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, okay, I got it. I was like, what?
1: <laughs> what? Come but on, sometimes dude. you need to hear that, right? No, From someone else yeah. who's just like, I don't know why, because it's, it's like, why am I overthinking this when it's just, it's as simple as like, just, just keep going. You're fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, a, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's just
3: like the breathing, right? Like uh, Jerry's class. Um, I remember, I've only taken Jerry's class a couple of times and he's over at Wonderlust. Very different approach to things. I remember when he was talking during some of the poses. he goes, if you're not smiling during this pose, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> he goes, stop frowning, stop, you know, squinting or making that face. He goes, you should be enjoying this. He goes, if you're laying in Savasana and you're just like holding on like this, it's like, relax. Relax those facial muscles, right? Allow each muscle just to relax and make sure you feel the ground beneath you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the most interesting thing is like just to imagine like, what does my hand feel like right now? What does my foot feel like right now? what do i feel like right now am i angry am i anxious okay accept it own it right just like a meditation it's like you're worried but focus on that one thought and say it's going to be okay and then just let it go that's like the hardest thing in the world it's just to manifest that it will be fine Mm -hmm. yeah you know and so i think that's that's really cool that you've incorporated yoga into your everyday life and you're probably like actually Incorporating into every other people's lives now that you encounter, right? Mm-hmm. Like in 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 your practice in Houston.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, and you know, I mean, friends know me for this, and I'll, I'll invite anyone and everyone to yoga, you know, um, and, and, but you know, it's, I'm not, I'm not strict to that. Like, I do lift weights, I do cycle sometimes. Uh, I, I, how you know, my, my relationship with my body is now, it's like, let's see what it can do. You know, like, let's try it over here, let's try it this way, let's try that. You know, I think, um, earlier when you were saying, you know, uh, what people's purpose are and all that stuff. I mean, my own personal philosophy and outlook and opinion on that is like, I feel like that my purpose is to create my purpose. Like <laughs> I get to do that. I get to create a purpose and manifest it, Yeah. you know? And if I want to change my purpose, like I get to, I get to do that as well. Yeah. You know, uh, for whatever reason, like my calling, you know, earlier we were talking about that is, is helping people who you know who are struggling with addiction and, and i have a story to tell and all that stuff and it's become but it's so funny because sometimes i get desensitized to that because it is my norm you know like from the ages of 19 to 21 like having an needle in my arm was my norm you know and i don't anymore but talking about that is and i guess i realize that like not that's not a lot of people's norms yeah yeah you know <laughs> um but you know, to, to speak on that, you know, like we, we are in a crisis right now. You know, our country uh, and I feel like the, heart of the world, um, I ran across some statistics this morning that uh, in 2017 in, in the U.S., over 70,000 people died from a, in a, in like a substance use disorder. Yeah. You know, whether that's pain pills, whether that's hard drugs, whether that's alcohol, like
1: pharmaceuticals,
2: pharmaceuticals like all, seven, over 70,000 people died. And that was in 2017 and, and it's continuing to rise. You know, um, from the ages of 12 and up in this country, um, one out of 12 people struggle with substance use disorder, Yeah. you know, and and that's why I love to talk about it is because I don't know how many people, um, you know, when you need someone new or you're in an event or whatever, you know, the whole, like, what do you do, you know, question comes up and every time I guarantee you, anytime I talk to someone, either they can relate and, Mm -hmm. or, they know someone, of course. You know, a, a anyone listening, anyone right now. I ask yourself, do you know anyone who struggles with alcohol or drug addiction, or at least know someone who knows someone? Yeah. And, and I think this country as a whole, like we're losing a whole generation right now. Like if you take, if you pay attention to pop culture, if you pay attention, you know, to that um, preteen teen pop and all that stuff. Like there's a, you know, uh, I, I, I'm a big uh, you know music fan and. Uh, You know, I I grew up listening to music and all that stuff, but I like to pay attention to, like, what's trending and what's going on now. In my opinion, I feel like it gives me a good gauge of, like, what what society's like, or at least in this country. And, um, you know, I I think about, like, the gangster rap stuff that I grew up listening to was, like, drug dealers. And the gangster rap and or, like, hip-hop or or rap or whatever uh, people listen to nowadays are drug users. Yeah. And there's a lot of people dying. And and there's a lot of... um, you know, I guess this is what I'm trying to say is, like, I love talking about the elephant in the room.
1: Yeah.
2: Because as soon as I bring it up, it someone can always relate. Yeah. You know, and, and that's my battle cry is, like, let's talk about it because we're all, and we're all affected. Yeah. You know, I talk about this all the time. Like, you know, now that I'm sober, like, I am a, I'm a useful member of society. Like, a lot of cars aren't getting broke into because I'm sober <laughs> you know yeah. a lot of like you know uh fraud isn't going on yeah, yeah. you know, a lot of uh, you know illegal activities is, are no longer happening because I'm sober and, and it's cool to think about that sometimes when I see my friends that are sober or, or get to work with clients who are now sober it's like there's a lot of illegal things that aren't happening anymore you know and it's like because we, we are all affected whether we are directly or not yeah you know as a community as a country. Um, you know, I don't know if, if anyone's ever experienced getting their car broken into or anything like that or being robbed or, or just, you know, any kind of who you know, is indirectly affected. Yeah. You know, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I have personal experience with that, you know, and, uh, and I've made amends and I've, I've gone back to people that I've harmed and uh, I've paid back some money. I've paid back, you know, things that I've stolen or whatever. And, um, you know, it's like as a country, you know, I, we're, we're all affected.
3: Oh yeah, I agree.
2: And I, I'd i like
3: to probably end on that note and yep. say that I applaud you wanting to remove the stigma associated with it because before, you probably even felt like people viewed you differently because of where you were and where you came from. And it just goes like with depression even, right? Opioid addiction, uh, sobriety. The idea saying, you're not alone. We can all relate. Mm-hmm. You need help let's address it, let's not cover it up anymore, right? Because if you do, we know what the consequences are. It's not gonna be a good outcome. Mm -hmm. We've seen it too much to where you see someone in the news, they die and it's like, oh crap. You know, I used like Keith Ledger for example, right? He gave himself for that role in Batman and the whole time people might have stood aside and said, hey man, we need to talk about this man because you're taking this way too far. There's Mm -hmm. something else going on, right? And I know you're probably not going to rest until we don't have that issue anymore. And it's, a, it's an uphill battle, right? Because oh, there's sure. so much involved now. There will be something new in 20 years that will be the case. But like I said, you removing the stigma and talking about the elephant in the room is the best start. Mm-hmm. And it's going to change and help so many people. And so I thank you for coming into my life and sharing this. And I hope that whoever's watching and listening, just please, like, talk to someone, call someone, uh, speak up. And, and, and you'll never know because it's not going to it's not going to hurt someone yep. for you to say, hey, man, I care about you or, hey, I need some help because there'll be more than enough people to come out and say, hey, I'm here to help. And if it's as simple as me just calling on you, you'll uh, make a big difference.
2: Yeah. I also want to just mention this, you know, um, anyone who's listening or watching or whatever, um, I do extend an open invitation. Um, uh, if you follow me on Instagram, um, you know, at Yogi. Um, I do have uh, the email button, you can email me directly, if anyone's struggling, uh, if you yourself are struggling, you know, a family member or whatever, and I actually also have the call button available on my, on my profile. Um, I am blessed and grateful that I get to do this for a living, yeah. like this has become a career, it's become something um, that I do for a living, and it is literally my job to answer these questions for you, so whoever is listening right now, uh, if you're struggling, if you know someone who's struggling, just have questions whatever, um, uh, this is an open invitation, email me, call me if you want. Uh, I always answer my phone earlier. Yeah, <laughs> that out, was out there watching me uh, step outside to take phone calls. Um, and um, again, I'm grateful that I, I get to pick up the phone because someone picked up the phone for me. Yeah,
3: that's awesome, man.
2: Pay it forward. Yeah. Thank you so much for yeah, coming. Thanks, thanks, thanks so for much having me, guys. Yeah, very <laughs> cool.